train your guys well enough that they could quit, but treat them well enough they won't want to leave. Here we go. Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro, and this morning, bright and early on the podcast, we have none other than Caleb Allman. Good morning, Caleb. How you doing? Good morning, uh, Naylor. How you doing, buddy? I'm glad to be on here. I like I like this early morning thing, man. This is this is going to work out. This is cool. <laughs> yeah, that's. I haven't really done too many early morning. Um, podcast but it definitely it's like you alluded to another ep- of your episodes on, on your podcast how it's kind of hard to get people you know on podcasts right about now i mean it's still it, kind of like the spring rush is over but it's still kind of hectic you know it's not really mid mid to late summer yet where we're kind of like in the dog days of summer and just kind of autopilot cruise control or whatever so it's definitely hard to get people on there um so it's either like early morning or late nights right that's what it seems like the way to get people like hey yeah i could squeeze that in you know when i'm all done or, or first thing so yeah this kind of start the day off this way and you get all fired up you know and and uh and then just just get after it the rest of the day so i appreciate you um you know but th- this is like your normal thing right you're, you're usually up this early anyway getting everybody ready to go right yeah i i try to be <clears throat> i try to be i try to be a morning person although i i'm a morning person out of uh force i love being up early i love being up you know either after immediately after the sun's up or as the sun's coming up you know whatever time of year it's going on right but it's not something like that first few minutes out of bed is, is tough for me, man. It's really pushing. But I've, I've also been realizing there's something going on in my sleep habits that I don't like. And I started sleeping a little bit different, which is a, is actually changing, beginning to change my life. I've been sleeping like crap for like probably a year at least. And I started changing a couple little things and I'm starting to sleep better and it's making it easier to get up again. So that's good. Um, yeah, I'm working on some internal weird things. I'm trying to figure out what the heck is affecting my sleep so much. But yeah, dude, it's I'm up. I just hate the waste. I hate the waste of morning. If I, if you talk to my wife, Brittany, um, if I'm, if I oversleep, I am grumpy the rest of the day. Cause I feel like I wasted or missed out on opportunity or just, I don't have that luxury to waste time, you know? Yeah. And so dude, if I sleep in, I'm grumpy, man. Cause it's just like, ah, oh, you lazy schmuck. You know, you're like, yeah, you know, you know what I mean? It just, yeah. it, it irks me to death. Like, I, Cause I, I was just lazy. I was letting her know I was being lazy. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I, you know, surprisingly enough, I've felt that same way. I mean, with kids and everything, you know, that's like a, 20 years ago now. I mean, those, those days have been long over of like sleeping in and whatever, like on a regular, <laughs> on a regular basis anyway. But so before that, you know, my, my high school and early college days and all that, and I was just kind of doing my thing, I would definitely have my share of sleeping in days. And, and like you said, I would, even though I was still young at that time, I still would get like, you know, upset, like, what the heck, man, I just wasted half the day. And I would just, it would kind of mess up my whole day, you know, because I, I would just be in a bad mood or like you said, like just all grumpy that you just ruined half the day. You could have done something else and you just <laughs> slept. And so it's, so it's almost like, you know, uh, our bodies are saying one thing and our minds are saying something else. Like, like, like you physically have a hard time, you know, getting up early. Like you're not physically like, yeah, I'm gonna jump at it. Bailey, like your body's not all fired up first thing in the morning, but mentally you're like, man, I want to get up and 
take on the day. There's, you know, so much that could be done and whatnot. So it's kind of like that, that battle, I guess, between those two things. So that, that's an interesting uh, dynamic. I, I, sometimes you think you're the only one with these situations, but yeah, I've been like that forever. So it's good to, good to um, hear a, another, another fellow uh, <laughs> sleep, you know, sleep struggle, uh, bro or whatever i don't know the early morning struggle bro like i always thought you were like that that was your thing like you just woke up at a bit like like eric triplet the pond digger you, you remember eric right he, oh, yeah, yeah he, he he just like you know shout out to eric and all of his podcasts and all that but he he, he jumped just jumps out of bed fired up like ready to go like i'm like dang man i went there to visit him, you know, back in the day to do a get to know the pro episode out in California. And he, he, I was actually up earlier than him because I was all messed up because of the time change. So like my body was like, what's happening right now? So I just kind of like was up like at this wacky time and just started editing, <laughs> started looking at the footage we got, started editing some stuff or whatever. And he just kind of comes on downstairs like, dang, bro, you're already getting after it. You're a hustler. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just kind of, <laughs> I'm just kind of like, you know, all out of sync here. But you know, he was all fired up and ready to go at like whatever like 6 a.m. their time, you know, and he was just ready to go. And I'm like, dude, man, he's like, man, I'm just ready to crush it. Like, I just, I just wake up in the morning. Like, I'm just ready to just, just get after it, man. I'm just ready to jump out of bed. And I was like, bless your heart, you know, like, bless you. I don't understand how that happens. Yeah, he's got a fire for life, man. It, it's cool. Um, he, he is a crusher, man. He makes, triplet makes things happen. It's, it's a, it's a great, I, I wish I have that drive inside me, but I sure don't show it in the morning. I, I get up just out of necessity because I think any entrepreneur or anybody that's just driven is just, just sees that as a necessity. And there's a few people that like, they work like they, their thing is just, they'll work all day on night. They make up for it. They're kind of nocturnal. You know what I mean? Right. That's usually and, my uh, thing. But I, I, but I still got to get up early though. So I'm like burning the candle yeah, right. both ends, you know? Yeah. Burn uh, on both ends, you know, light burn on both ends and light it in the middle if you can. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but to your point, just to wrap this fun little topic here, <laughs> that we're the rabbit hole tight, you know, close this rabbit hole off. But just to finalize that, um, to your point, I think, I don't think that you or I have less of a fire for life. It's just something maybe, biological or internal or for lack of a better description versus like an Eric triplet or somebody like both of like all three of us mentally have great ideas, crush it, want to crush it, all this stuff. I mean, you've done a lot of great things. I feel like I've been doing some great things and want to continue always have great ideas and want to aspire to great things. Like I'm not like lazy minded where right. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to not do anything and play video games today. Like that, that's never been a thing maybe <laughs> in like middle school or high school, maybe, but for the most part, I'm, I'm just physically exhausted. It's all about like physically, like my body, like I'm just like wiped. So I would stay up late because I knew as soon as I go to bed, it's, it's, it's lights out. Like literally like I'm done out for the count and it's going to be so hard for me to get up whatever time it is the next day. And it's going to take me a little while to kind of get my brain online and start, you know, getting everything fired up where like someone like Eric, you know, just boom, he like, you know, he's like, yeah, I got to go to bed, bro. It's like eight o'clock at night. He's like, I got to go to bed, you know, cause that's just like his thing or whatever. Like he just knows he's just in tune with his, with his body. And then he wakes up in the morning, fired up, ready to go. And his brain is firing on all cylinders. And it takes me a little while to, for my brain to come online. So I just feel like there, there are, you know, I've, I've had this discussion with several people, um, like personally, I think there are different people like different types of bodies i guess you would say different types of, of of physical people that we all have the same kind of mindset like we want to get after it and all that but physically it takes us longer to kind of get up and start processing things and, and get like 
online. Like not every computer fires up right away, you know, like just things like that. So I wouldn't say, you know, just to, just to say, wrap that up that I don't, we, we, I don't think we want to crush it any less. I just think we, we have to force ourselves and find ways to kind of push past our, you know, our physical limitations of just being tired and not wanting to, and having to drag ourselves out of bed. And it seems like some people are just naturally wired to jump out of bed and get after it, you know, but they kind of wind down a little bit earlier at night too. And they're not really the midnight 1AMers. So I do think there are early birds and night owls. I think that is a true biological thing. And that has nothing to do with our brain. It's just like our, our whole overall mechanics of our body. But anyway, that's that's my thoughts on that. Fun little uh, early morning, beginning of podcast rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm, I, I get what you're saying for sure. As my business grows and I plan to send guys out on their own, I've been looking into tracking software for trucks. I've partnered with GPS Track It to explore this option and share my experiences with you guys. So follow along on Instagram at Long Care Rookie, as well as this podcast as I update you with my results. GPS Track It is a software that can pretty much track almost anything on your truck. You can you know, see the mileage, uh, gas, idle time, obviously where it's going, when, and you can get traffic updates, alerts, try and figure out maybe better routes. So it's just all around going to make your, your work, your fleet, your work trucks, and everything more efficient. So I'm just diving into this and exploring more and more options of ways that I can track different things and reports that you can generate. You can have alerts daily, weekly, monthly, and so on so that you can get this information uh, and keep track of it to really manage your fleet. So it's something as you're growing uh, for you to really be as efficient as possible. So go ahead in the link um, in the show description and you can check out GPS Track It for yourself. Click on that link and go ahead and uh, figure out if this is something that you want to explore yourself and get a tour. All right. Well, so I just wanted to um, touch base or really focus on um, employees and more specifically employee retention. And I I know um, not everyone that's listening to this podcast may have heard your story or even know who you are. So why don't you just give everyone a brief introduction? I mean, because, you know, that you've got this on your podcast and um, Paul's podcast and my Get to Know the Pro, which again, shout out to that. If you guys want to actually see a lot of this stuff in action, see a lot of Caleb's work and his family and uh, everything he's got going on and, and his story. And we're sitting by the fire, you know, at his house and everything talking about business and life and how he got to where he is now and all that. Go ahead and click the link in the show notes for the Get to Know the Pro episode that I did where I went out to Ohio um, where Caleb lives and hung out with him for the day. And we did all kinds of stuff, went to different jobs and um, jobs that were completed, jobs that were in process with the guys working on it, all kinds of cool stuff. And obviously talked to Caleb all along the way. So you can check all that out um, as well as all the podcast content out there. You can easily just type in Caleb Allman in any of the um, podcast apps. And if there's a search option, in any podcast that Caleb Allman has been on or his wife, Brittany Allman, has been on, it will come up. So it makes it a lot easier. So we don't have to remember like what numbers or what, you know, what have I been on, what podcast and all that. So you could check, check all that out, guys. But so back to Caleb, why don't you uh, give us a brief introduction and, and uh, how long have you been in business and what kind of business do you have? Yeah, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Nayla, for having uh, having me on the podcast here, dude. Appreciate it. And um, yeah, my name is Caleb Allman. We run, my wife and I run, my wife technically owns a company now. Uh, we run a, a company called 
Amon Landscape with a side division called Amon Environmental. And um, we we are a landscape design build firm uh, located southeast of Columbus, Ohio, in beautiful Fairfield County, as uh, everybody gives me a hard time for saying often, and so I'm just going to roll with it. So beautiful <laughs> Fairfield County, Ohio. Um, and uh, so we, uh, we specialize in uh, hardscape construction, uh, landscape design, uh, and installation, of course. Uh, so paper patios, retaining walls. Uh, that's uh, that's a, a pretty much, I, I would say probably half of our company currently, and the other half is uh, kind of along the almond environmental side, which is the stormwater management uh, division, if you will. Um, and we do with that, uh, we, we uh, do a lot of work with uh, retention ponds and parking lot drainage. Uh, replacing uh, like the catch basins and stuff like that you see in parking lots and and erosion control uh, measures things like that so uh, we, we we do a bit of that stuff and then we have uh, a couple other ventures one of them's called the Hardscape Academy uh, I have a podcast and uh, then we have a family of three kids and uh, so life is busy to say the least but you know like you were saying as far as you know fire for life yeah I, I wouldn't have it any other way like I, I can't I, it is so rare for me to be bored. I'm just actually, I'm, if I'm at home or if I'm in my home region, I'm never bored. There's never nothing. That's kind of my thing to say. I say is like, there's never nothing to do. So we're always busy with some some venture or something, um, and so that, that's kind of our drive there. So yeah, my wife Brittany, she she holds the show together, and then we've got. Uh, well, I guess four full. We've got five full time guys right now, probably six. Uh, when uh, one of my guys comes back on here this fall from he was in a motorcycle wreck earlier in the season so he's uh he's recuperating from that so when he's back on we'll be uh we'll be at six guys this season we'll see where we go we might go back down to four next year just depends on the workload depends on how our two new guys work out um which so far so good so um yeah so we got a lot going on awesome so has that been the um five to six employees is that the most that you've ever had over the years of of being in business for yourself Oh, and yeah, and to answer your question too, as far as how long we've been in contract, I've been in contracting for a little over 20 years now, 2021, 22 years, something like that. Um, and my first venture was 10 years, uh, my first company on the landscape. Um, I actually crashed and burned uh, back about 2008, started a new company with Brittany about 2009-ish. Um, and it's the last 10 years really where we've hit stride and kind of figured out really how to run a business. So um yeah, we've. I think six is probably gonna be six. Yeah, I didn't. You know, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, I guess six will be the most we've ever really had on on full time roster. Uh, we're our sales are gonna be a little weird this year. We didn't bring. We have. We have. Uh, let's see here. How's that go? We're we generally in past couple you know past couple of years kind of have around the million dollar mark. Uh, but with six guys this year. You know, there's for each person you hire, you know, they should bring on a certain amount of revenue to the company. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. should, that employee should be worth $50,000 or $100,000 worth of revenue, right? That's why you hire people is to, you to know, make you more money. Yeah. And create, you know, make more money, create more production, right? Or produce, you know, to produce, right? right. Produce more work. Um, our, our sales are going to be a little off this year because John, who, who was in a motorcycle wreck, he ran our stormwater division or all environmental. And so that thing kind of shut down for like two or three, what is it, three months now? And that's a that's a serious amount of revenue. That's going to be, you know, put you know pushing two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars of revenue. So our sales are going to be down a little bit this year. So we've hired uh, some young guys, really young guys in, uh, just to kind of help with production on the, uh, um, 
and that's only been two within the past month. So our sales are going to be kind of wonky. So I, I don't want to, uh, I always want to like, in, in, uh, I always want to lay, lay it out that like, even though you have a bunch of guys working for you, they need to be, you know, sometimes I hear guys like, Oh yeah, we're doing like a million dollars a year and we have 14 employees. And it's like, Whoa, yeah, something's way off here. Like this isn't right. Yeah. Like that's, that's way too many people to the, to the gross sales or like, you, you know, you got to lay out, you know, there's something going on there and it's not like numbers are not right. So yeah. I'm, I'm big on the numbers because that's what crashed my first company is not knowing my numbers, not paying attention to that kind of stuff and, and whatever. But yeah, the, uh, the employee thing is, is, is an interesting, interesting challenge in a business. And, um, you can make it the, you can make it as much of a hell as you want to make it, or uh, you can hire the right people and make it a little less, a little right. less of a uh, troublesome thing to have employees right do you have any kind of like formula like a, a general formula for for employees whether it be hardscaping maintenance like anything that which you you had experience with that in the early days lawn maintenance too like is there a general theme for like i don't know um you, you kind of talked about revenue loosely but you know what i mean like numbers like okay you're like you know that 14 employees is like wow that's way too many if you're just doing a million or whatever like is there some sort of like how do you know that is you know what i mean is there some sort of formula or way that you know like each employee is worth this or you're going to have to make this for each employee or something like that sure yeah so it depends on of course skill level is a big part of it so you know like uh we really look for people that are foreman quality um the last two guys i hired um, you know, they're, they're kind of just general, you know, crewmen and they're actually the, you know, they're actually both, uh, developing their skill set quickly. So, you know, like a, a manager, let's say like a project manager, which we have two, Bo and John, we consider them project managers. Um, you know, those guys have, uh, you know, a certain amount of revenue that we expect out of them and we're getting better in the past couple of years of like, you know, each, you know, project manager with their skill set paying, you know, upwards of 30 bucks an hour you know, we, those guys need to bring in, you know, uh, with their crew, you know, about $10,000 a week. So, you know, they're, you know, so that crewman, you know, is, is going to be, you know, that that's going to be like their production goal. Right. So, uh, then you know, their crewman under that, they're going to be responsible or they're going to be like, um, considered as part of that, you know, production goal. So like each person we've got on that crew, you know, we expect them to be billable out at, you know, anywhere from, depending on their skill set, 60 to $100 an hour. So like, you know, a guy we're paying just 15 bucks an hour is just like a crewman, which actually we don't pay anybody that low, but you know, we, we're going to expect them to be billable, you know, 30 hours a week at, you know, $60 an hour or whatever. So we're going to expect that, that crewman to be billable for about $2,000 a week. Okay. Um, you know, a higher skilled person that we're paying, you know, almost 30 bucks an hour, we're going to expect them to be billed out at least at a hundred dollars an hour. We're going to expect them to turn four thousand dollars, be billable for you know three to four thousand dollars a week. And yeah. so that's the way we we look at it. Some some of that we share that with our project managers, but crewmen under that, you know, we we don't share that exactly. But we're we're working on how we do, um, you know, make everybody aware of that and also tie it to a profit incentive, right? And so like we hit production of like 10, the goal is $10,000 a week per crew. You know, how can we incentivize those guys to make sure we hit that? And it's like, Hey, we hit our production goal, you know, this week. Um, 
you know, then we pay, we would pay out like a quarter, you know, there's a, a percentage bonus, right. If we hit production um, or if we hit man hours on projects and stuff like that. So we're working on like that profit motive to help make sure guys are um, uh, inspired. Right. Cause like mm-hmm. what, because this is one thing that drives me crazy with them, with employers, like entrepreneur killers. And they're like, yeah, my guys, nobody works as hard as I do. Nobody gives a shit, you know, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like they're not, why would they? Yeah, with that right, attitude like that you already they, have. What, yeah. What incentive, what incentive do they have to bust their tail for you and work till dark every night if there's no extra carrot for them? And that's like, and I always try to just re- re- turn that around on the employer. Hey guys, Mr. Producer, and I wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the LCR Media Podcast merch shop. If you're looking for a way to support the show and share it with others who might also enjoy it, then check out our LCR Media Podcast exclusive merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, even an insulated water bottle for when you need to take a sip of water. I think I'll leave that one right there. Anyway, just click on the link in the episode description to see the products. Make sure to tag us on Instagram at LCR Media if you do snag some swag. And we sincerely appreciate you listening to and supporting the show by picking up some gear. Thank you, my friends. You know, are you going to go work for 15 bucks an hour and kill yourself? No, man. Well, yeah, that's exactly my point. So, A, you either need to find those people who are going to work like that, tie it to a profit motive. You know, of like, hey, we hit numbers this week, or and we paid out quarterly or monthly, or however you can, because that's one thing with tracking all this stuff. It's really challenging to track it, and you know, keep track of it, and then do payouts and all that stuff. Like, it's challenging because it takes so much logistical effort. And Napoleon says, uh, you know, generals win battles, logistics win wars. Mm. Logistics win business too. It's the same thing. Like. If you can keep your logistics in order, you know, the company's going to do better as well. So in the long run, right? Yeah. Well, but, I feel like employees can make or break your business. You know, you could have a really absolutely. good business and then you just don't have it figured out with, I mean, we're not even talking about necessarily like good versus bad employees. We're just talking about like knowing your numbers and like not getting the production goals. And here you are just completely like sucking your you know revenue dry and your company can't even survive any longer. Like that's a whole another level right there. Oh, dude. So, so dead on. Yeah. And then, you know, on top of that, you've got to be hiring people that are, you know, trustworthy and, and accountable and, and give a crap. And, and I mean, I, I've gone through, you know, especially earning a company where we're just filling positions, you know, warm bodies in a seat, you know, kind of deal like where we hire anything crawled off the street. Um, and I stopped doing that when, when I stopped doing that was a big turn in the company of like dealing with less drama, less nonsense, you know, now the stories aren't as good anymore as employees. Like you would believe what this crazy idiot did, you know, stuff like that. Those stories <laughs> yeah. are over, which kind of, you know, it's yeah. always funny for the crew. Cause we got, you know, we got guys that have been with us a long time now, 10 years and 20 and, and all this stuff. And so some of the dudes we've had in as floater help is, you know, those dudes were comedic gold, you know, from like <laughs> how they were. So much drama. Job sites. Yeah. And, and we haven't had any of the stories really in like, you know, four or five years, which is kind of a bummer. We still talk about some of the old guys we had of like, you remember what so-and-so did, that crazy guy, you know, like, so, you know, the, the but, you know, still like everybody comes with their own baggage and, and you know, you're never going to get like, you know, we're all people, right? And we're in human resource management or people management, you know, so like we've all got our quirks and idiosyncrasies and I've got my things. I do that drive my guys insane and they do things that drive me insane. Like 
that's just human nature and you've got to learn how to manage that and read up on that kind of stuff, read on learning how to, you know, uh, you know, read body language, you know, stuff like that. And just, you know, you've got to learn to be an effective communicator and listener and pay attention to your guys. And I'm not claiming that I've got that mastered or figured out by any stretch, but uh, it's, it's a huge part of the human element. But as soon as you stop hiring or you, let's just put it this way, you start hiring a, a, a higher echelon of people, you're going to get better quality everything. Um, you know, that's going to cost you more, but your business, if you're providing better service and better, you know, quality product, I don't care if you're mowing or making pizza or, you know, laying papers, you know, your pricing needs to reflect that because there's a tremendous demand for quality for work right now in the year uh, 2021 here. Like there's a tremendous demand for work to be performed. And if, if you're physically willing to work, there is no reason to be broke at the moment because there is plenty of work out there if you're willing to work. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what, what do you say to um, just a, a little side note on, on one of your points you just made? Um, you know, I, I kind of feel like it's it's in some ways easier to find maybe because you can pay more or whatever employees for certain skills, certain, um, you know, positions, especially for you that, you know, you say whether you're making pizza, mowing or laying pavers, that's not usually the same guy. That's typically someone different for those roles, like the person that's making pizza or or, you know, push mowing a lawn or weed eating is probably not the same person that's going to be laying pavers because they're totally different types of physical labor and skill levels i mean there, there could be but you would think it'd be they'd be different and and there's different pay involved there and um i mean like <clears throat> is there do, do you think that's valid that that it's easier or more challenging to find one to find the paver ver, layer versus the pizza guy or or what do you think about that um i i know where you're, i know what you're you're getting out there and, I t- and that's one of the reasons i began to shy away and get out of lawn care um so, like, you know, the pizza shop, I'll use the pizza shop nearest as a uh, as an example. So um, they've got a lot of like high school kids and they're working after hours. OK, cool. That's at a that's at a price point that makes sense for the, the, the high schoolers and also makes sense in a, in a really challenging margin business like like pizza. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, that works out for them. And so, you you know, you seek out that demographic, let's say, and you systematize everything where you can't screw it up like McDonald's is, you know, figured out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the same thing goes for, like, your lawn care business. And although lawn care is a little more challenging because it's way hard physical work, um, you know, challenging conditions, weather, equipment, you know, there's there's a different skill set involved. And it's... You know, I did, you know, this, this is, it's always easy to say what should be done and how it should be done. And like, yeah, you can pay a little bit more, but your, your customer pricing has got to go up. Right. And you've got to run as efficient as possible and all that kind of stuff. But, but a huge, you know, another huge part of the around that is, you know, like, well, it's company culture is, you know, how, how reasonable are you to work for? Would you want to work for yourself? Right. Like kind of deal. Um, and so, yeah, um, long care might be one of the more challenging uh, you know, avenues to find people, but at the same time, like, you know, there's, there's ground level or entry level positions, you know, on a hardscape crew of a guy that's, you know, just carrying bricks and, you know, working, you know, working great with a shovel or whatever, or planting shrubs or applying mulch, you know, there's, there's ground level positions at all those things. And it, it makes it challenging, you know, to find, find employees this, uh, you know, this, this, this time of year. But I, you know, I also don't think uh, I say this time of year, but you know, in these modern days, but 
I think it's always been an issue to an extent. You know, labor has always been, you know, challenging, you know, any any time, right? right. So I, I think ultimately, like, it's just all in how you structure your business and how you make your business. It's never going to be easy. It's never going to be, you know, it's never going to be easy to, to manage employees and have employees, but it can be easier. Right. Um, and it doesn't have to be just this ball and chain, you know, scenario. If you set up good systems, good protocol, you're not. One of the things we deal with is our company's so dang on, and we're not we're not as diverse as we used to be. Like as far as work mix, like we used to do anything and everything, and that made it really challenging from the aspect of like, well, we've got to have a bunch of chainsaws to mowers to hardscape tools, and we'd seal driveways with you know tar, you know like uh, Marvin Joel's Wisco. Like we'd be sealing driveways, you know. With, in the summertime, we, we would have way too much stuff and it was way too diverse, of, way too diverse of a work skill set. It was just a nightmare training people all the time. And so we began to cut back on things. And this is why we're a young company trying to trying to figure it out kind of deal, you know, mm-hmm. um, to where we're a little more drilled in and drilled down now at what we do to where we offer, you know, a handful, just a, just just a handful of services as opposed to like being all over the place. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed part one of my conversation with Caleb. It's always a good time talking to him. I enjoy it. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. He's always a wealth of knowledge. So make sure you tune in to Thursday's episode where we conclude our conversation for part two. Hey guys, before you head out, if you could do me a quick favor and go on the podcasting app that you're listening to this episode on and click follow or subscribe, it would mean a lot. Thanks. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.